welcome back to another podcast episode of the Crimson Flow Biblecast. It's been a long time since I uploaded a audio clip podcast episode. I almost said video. This is not YouTube, people. <laughs> I don't know where my brain's going. So, we are back. And I hope you all had a very good Christmas, very good New Year's, very good whatever you celebrate, you know, I'm, I'm not going to judge you for that, and I had honestly planned on doing a Christmas episode, but there was some family sickness, all of my, like, immediate family, meaning my wife and my kids, have been sick at some point over these last three weeks, um, so it's been a big conglomerate calamity, I guess you could say, and in, in the fact that i didn't really get any episodes done. Um, I blame a lot of that on the sickness, but I also blame a lot of it on my myself. Um, just, I should have had more motivation to get behind this and do this. But, you know, the stress of the holidays, having to go here, go there, and then my uh, little boy, he ended up in emergency room two or three times over the past couple weeks with various sicknesses. One time he had strep throat, another time he had an upper respiratory, uh, another time he had um, what's uh, ear infection. But uh, that was due to a tube falling out. Uh, he has tubes in his ears, and one of them came out, and when it was coming out, it would, it had irritated his ear, I think, and made it a little red and started getting infected, so they gave him some medicine for it. it it's fine now. He is good now. Now, over the weekend, I was going to record one, and he ended up back in the hospital, but that was due to the medicine, amoxicillin, where he has, where he has gut issues, Amoxicillin is not good on your gut for even a healthy person. Being as the type of antibiotic it is, it completely strips any bacteria. You're supposed to have good bacteria, but it strips good and bad from the gut or intestine. And with that came an infection, so to speak. It, it's more like of a the bad will grow back a lot easier than the good. So, we ended up taking a trip to the uh, UK. The other trips were, uh, luckily, in uh, our local hospitals. Uh, one, a little bit farther away, it's a little better, but but it wasn't UK. Uh, UK is two and a half hours away for us. To us, that is a that is a necessary. We feel like if we don't at least get him checked out by the level of doctors there, that can actually do something right then and there about him. That you know he might not be very healthy uh, after that. I don't want to say anything might, bad might happen to him because I don't want to speak that into existence because I you know he's he's been through a lot already, but. You know, this podcast is not about me. Um, if y'all want to pray, I mean, that's that's on you. We accept all prayers for these situations that we encounter. So, 
we today are going to be in chapter 10 of the book of John. I'm just keeping on right where I left off and I will make sure that I have an episode for at least every Sunday from now on in the year 2020. It's a brand new year. We got to get it packed with the Word of God because, you know, when you have nothing, if you have the Word of God, you've got everything, if, if you think about it. Because Jesus can give you everything. But you got to trust Him. you got to follow Him. you got to believe in Him. you got to believe that He will and can do this for you. So as usual, before we get started, let's go into prayer over this uh, this chapter so that you know we can invite the Spirit in so that it can teach us. Father, we come before you today and we thank you for the many blessings you have brought upon us, this podcast, and all the listeners that are listening. Lord, I ask that uh, you hone me with your Spirit and teach me what I need to be taught to teach them. Lord, that I I pray that that when I read this chapter and I explain what it means to me to them, that it is not from me, but it is from you, so that they get the truth and the knowledge of what it actually has to be. For you the you are the creator and you know the only interpretation of this Bible and the Word. So it must be from you that we learn what it needs to be said. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alrighty. So, we'll start here in chapter 10. And if you remember the last one, it was the miracle of the blind man. Jesus healed the blind man. So now we're going to start in chapter 10. Like I've said before, I choose not to pre-read these because... I feel like if I do pre-read them, I feel like I think about it too much, and I worry that I start adding thoughts in my head about what it should say instead of what God's telling me to tell you all, it says. So, let's get started here in verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth by, he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Now let's stop right here. I honestly think, metaphorically, this is a really important note. Because he says, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Now we know that the devil the devil seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. Okay. And then on verse two it says, But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. What happens when you come to Christ? You open the door to your heart and invite Christ in. He comes by the door and he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He is the good shepherd. The the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? 
what does the devil try to do all the time? He tries to come into your mind, attack you, you know, give you thoughts that are very, very um, ungodly. You know, he tries to put that into your head. He tries to, so he doesn't come in the front door. I mean, you can obviously ask him to, and people that do that are just plain crazy. I mean, they're just asking for a life of destruction. But just think about it. He comes in the back door, sneaks into you, trying to get you to turn toward him slowly. Sadly, some people fall for that trap. You know, I pray that I pray that nobody listening to this ever gets sucked into that trap. But I know that it does happen. But that just goes to show that God is the shepherd, the devil is the robber or the thief, because he comes in the back way. God comes in the door, but you have to invite him in first. You have to invite him in first. And then verse 3 says, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. So, you asking God to come into your heart. He calls you by name. Leads you out. For then he knows your name. Of course, he always knew your name. Because uh, I can't remember which book it's in, but he, he says, he says, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. So he already knew your name. He knew he knows his children's names. But he still wants you to open your heart to him so that he can walk in the door and leadeth you out into a life of spiritual greatness, spirit spiritual richness because the farther the farther you get from God the farther you get from Jesus you're not going to be truly happy you know I heard somebody say you have a God sized hole in your heart and that's simply because you will try to fill it with anything you can to fill that hole you know some people fill it with Rich, or like riches, like cars, money, houses. Some fill it with um, crimes uh, of various sorts. But they're never truly happy. And they don't know why. And that's sad. That's sad. So in verse 4, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So God is our leader. He's leading us. We, we go where he leads us. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Now, you got to remember back at this time, the only thing they knew was what the scribes had preached about Moses and what Moses had taught. Now, like I have covered in a few other episodes that Jesus has really come to correct all the things that were kind of misled over the years. It's kind of like, you know, if I'm in a room with 30 people, okay, and and I get us all in a big circle, and I literally stand there and I look over to the person on my right, and I say, I like Jim's pencil. Because it's made of real wood. 
then I tell that person to lean over and tell the next person, but tell it quietly so no so that nobody else hears it. By the time it gets all the way back around to me, it's going to be a totally different story. And that's basically what happened with the Old Testament and all the, the preachings and, and scribes and stuff that happened there. Is each time it got a little bit out of context. And then you, that's why Jesus, when he came, he's having to basically reteach everything that was taught in the beginning. So that's also why they really did not know what he was trying to tell them. Simply because they had kind of been misled over the years. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Now that's kind of creepy, because that is exactly what I said about the first three verses. That's what I explained to you all. I promise that I did not pre-read this. Like I had no knowledge of what was going to be said, but it literally just really reiterated what I just said. So that's kind of also proof for all the skeptics out there that the Holy Spirit does not download into you. It does. The Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to be told. And it is the only way you will know um, what this Bible means in fullness every time you read this uh this book or any books in the bible but every time you read the bible you're going to get something different out of it and the reason why it is the living word of god because it is taught to you by a by the holy spirit in 100 percent perfect translation and if you try to understand it with your brain you're not going to get it because if your brain could comprehend what the Word of God meant then, uh, exactly, then you'd be God. And there is no other God. Plain and simple. There is only one. So we need to follow Him through His Holy Spirit to know what exactly it means. I know I'm repetitive, but some people don't get it the first time, so you got to say it again. And then people have been repeating this message for 2,000 years, and some people still don't get it. Obviously. That's why we're in the trouble. We're in this world. Then it says in verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter it, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have life more abundantly. You know, there's all these churches out there. They say, once you get saved, you'll never die. And one day, you will have eternal life. I don't think so. If you look up the definition of eternity, it has no beginning and no end. God knew us before we were in our mother's womb. Okay? He knew the choices we were going to make in life. The problem is, we don't know the choices that we are going to make in our life. God does, we don't. That's why, you know, some people say, well, if it's predestinated, I just don't even need to do nothing. Yes, you do. Because you don't know the choices that you have to make in your life. You don't know what choices you are going to make in your life. So that's why it's it's better just to keep fighting to be in God's favor. Okay? 
So basically, if he knew us already, then that means we really had no beginning because he is eternal himself. So if he had no beginning, then we had no beginning because he already knew. Then eternity also has no ending. So therefore, we will live eternally. Not ending. Okay? So technically, you already have eternal life. But it's like, it's like this. Somebody that goes to bed on a horse race. There is no doubt in any way that somebody else is going to win that horse race. Okay? But he still has to run the race. And doesn't reap the benefits of winning that race until after he uh, he wins it okay that's when he gets the glory that's when and that's basically what's happening here like god knows what we're going to do but he cannot start giving you the benefits until you do it because we have to acknowledge him we have to make that commitment and he doesn't reward us until we do that's basically what i'm trying to say here and then he says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He died on a cross for our sins. Three days later, resurrected. Or Yeah, three days later, resurrected. And sits at the right hand of the Father. Now, a lot of people want to know what happened in those three days. Um, I'll get on that subject on another episode. Uh, but it boils down to he goes to hell and preaches to the um, the Jews on what they should have listened like all the Jews that believe this misdoctrine that had been preached doesn't save them uh, but he kind of just goes and says look this is why you're here you know I, I know you believe this for so long but that's a whole nother story and you know I may do an episode on that what like Jesus what happened in the, the days that's not mentioned um, you know, the fall of Lucifer, and I'll combi combine all that in one episode. Uh, but let's, let's get on here. Um, of course, giveth his life for the sheep. He, he gave his life for us just so, just so as humans, we could relate to him more because he did live a human life. But he that is in hireling, in verse 12, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep okay as I was reading that I honestly said, said to myself this is confusing Just slow down listen to God that's what I was telling myself in, the, in my brain because my brain was kind of getting all confused and it basically boils down to this it says that other shepherds you know a lot of them would see the wolf coming and then flee himself because they, he fears the wolf that's coming and then the wolf catches them and then scatter the sheep because they all run because they're trying to they know the wolf's going to devour them so they run and they scatter and trying to get away from the wolf but he is telling us that a lot of shepherds who are leading their flock meaning see I think it's meaning like false prophets 
you know, false preachings, false teachers, you know, they're all saying this, this, and this, but really, when the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, they run, you know, and they basically let their let their congregation just get devoured by all this spiritual warfare, you know. But God's not do, not going to do that, and that's kind of why He says here, kind of to di- differentiate Him and the other shepherds, so to speak, out there. In verse thirteen, it says, "The hiring fleeth, or the hireling." That's hard a word to say. Fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep, because he doesn't care as much as he lets on. And then he says, "I am the good shepherd." I know my sheep and am known of mine. So he knows every one of us and he will leave the 99 to go after the one. But he's also omnipresent so he's still with the 99 but he will leave the 99 to go do with the one. Basically saying that if you stray he's going to come after you. He's going to persecute you. He's going to convict you to try to bring you back. To try to bring you back. But keep in mind, God being the perfect gentleman that he is, won't force you. He won't force you. And then also, if you tell him no too many times, he won't come back. He will not come back to try to convict you. Then it would be on you to, to try and come back to him. And then he might come back to you or not because blasphemy of the Holy Ghost is the only unforgivable sin in the in the Bible and I know that's a big topic like blasphemy blasphemy of the Holy Ghost you gotta slow down and think about what that actually means we know that blaspheming is denying or um, denying the existence of so for you to just constantly say, no, it's not real. No, this don't happen. Yes, that could fall in that category as well. But also, we know that when we are saved, we are baptized with the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost comes in us. So if you deny the Holy Ghost entrance into you too many times, that could also be in this category too. So what you really need to do is pray. Pray to God to come into your life as soon as possible. Like after this podcast is up, just just hit your knees, start praying in your car. Please don't wreck. But just ask Him to come into your heart. That way you don't deny Him. You don't need to deny Him. Because once you deny Him too many times, He don't come back. Okay, moving on. And he says in verse 15, As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. Basically, he's like, I know God, God knows me, because we're kind of both together as one. And I lay down my life for the sheep. You are the sheep, he lays his life down for you. And the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. I think... Honestly, this is kind of like a um, prophecy. 
about what's going to happen in the end times. Because, you know, we know the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he says here, and the other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, they're not of the followers. Um, them I also must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold, basically. You will all eventually believe, but better to be by choice. Because it doesn't end well in the great throne judgment for the people that were forced to. It does not end well at all. It's pretty hot. Pretty hot. Therefore doth my father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, I have the power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. This shows that Jesus had the ability to call 10,000 angels legions of angels okay just millions of them or 10,000 or however many there are he could have called all that was left after the fall of Satan and the third that he took with him he could have called the rest of them and yet he didn't he chose to lay his life down and this was the commandment of God to fulfill the prophecy and what needed to be done then it says, There was a division, therefore again, among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil, and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, These are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. So once again, just like the last chapter, they go back to this little war about whether or not Jesus has a devil in him that he's possessed because he's doing all these things that are, in, you know, and he's teaching all these things that are against their scribe teachings or whatever, their prophecies. So, you know, it's kind of like a little division among them. And then it says, Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came in the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Boom! Ouch! Truth hurts, you know, and he just called them out plainly. And that's a lot of what is not preached about Jesus, about how bold and how forward he was. You know, we look at Jesus, we see love, we see redeeming, we, we see forgiveness. We don't talk a lot about his stern judgment, because he is God. He, he has a judgment side. The judgment side of him was mainly... In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, he he comes to show his love and forgiveness. The love and forgiveness was always there. It was just presented a different way. And now he presents the ultimate sacrifice. You know, in the Old Testament, they sacrificed a lot of lambs as their sacrificial repentance for their sins that happened within that certain period of time. Now, 
he is the ultimate sacrifice so that nobody has to do that anymore. Just come to him and follow him and his teachings. And he will be your sacrifice. It's basically what what it's saying. Like when you go to the great throne judgment, you don't have to worry about all your sacrifices that you had from your fields and everything. All you have to worry about is the blood of Jesus. Was it applied to you? Was you one of the people that he died for? He died for everybody. But was you the one that took that offering? You know what I'm saying? Okay, so let's uh, let's keep on going. But he was very blunt in this last passage. And it says in verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Basically saying like, they follow me, they're going to have eternal life, they're never going to die, and nobody can come against them and take them from me. And then it says, My Father which gave them to me, or my Father which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Like, you know, he can't pluck them out of my hand, he ain't going to be able to pluck them out of God's hand. And then he says, I and my Father are one. You know, one person, you know, two personalities of God. There's three in all, but this, this is just referring to two because the Holy Spirit hasn't come into play yet. Verse 31 says, Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do ye stone me? Like, I've done all these m- miracles. For which one of them is the reason that you're going to stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. They can't get into their heads that God has come to earth to be that sacrificial lamb, which is he's trying to tell them. Well, maybe he's not filling in the sacrificial lamb part, but he is trying to tell them he is there to fulfill the prophecy and they're not believing him. So now they're saying he's calling himself God. He's making himself God. So that really just kind of goes against everything they've ever believed. And now they're going to try to stone him. And then Jesus answered them and said, is it not written in your law? I said, ye are gods. If he called them gods, Unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. Say ye of him who the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, Thou blasphemest, because I said I am the Son of God. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know, and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Okay. That's a lot to unpack in that little part. Um, basically, uh, he's just kind of really trying to explain himself. You know, of course, really he does it by making them feel guilty. Um, I haven't read the next part, but I have a feeling he's going to make them feel guilty about, you know, trying to stone him. And he does it by the what he what he says. He always convicts you, like like okay, okay, maybe not, you know. 
And he says, if I, I do the works of my father, well, all these prophets in the in the Old Testament, you know, they healed kind of the same, but they more or less prayed for the healing. They didn't actually do it themselves simply because then they would have probably looked at them being the prophecy a long time ago. And a lot of them probably were still beheaded. Well, they were tried. Um, like you got Daniel in the lion's den, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Hebrew children. You know, they were all convicted of being God, um, God followers. And, you know, they were supposed to be punished by death, but, you know, God intervened. You know, thank the Lord for that, because, I mean, that's an incredible story on each part that teaches us today about what He can do for us. But also, you know, we shouldn't just ask, what can He do for us? We should ask, what what can we do for Him? You know, we can, we can spread the gospel. That's obvious. You know, but we can devote our lives to Him. But what more can we do? What more can we do for Him? Because He done it all for us. If He never gave us another blessing, He's already blessed us enough that we should still do everything we can for Him. Okay? Giving us eternal life, giving us a home in heaven, is completely the most over-static gift that anybody, I think I just made up a word, but anybody could ever give us. So, if he never gave us another thing in our life, other than, you know, being able to live, he's already done that. He's already done enough that we should at least give everything to him. So, let's just continue on. Um, I know I didn't really explain much of that last part but I'll be honest with you um it kind of confused me but to the magic of audio editing I did go back and reread it just now and I've come up with this conclusion he's basically just saying like you know the father sanctified and whoever he sanctifies and sends into this world now you don't believe you know he sent me he sanctified and sent me and now you don't even believe that he sent me. So you don't believe that I am the son of God because that's what I said. So let's go to verse ver, yeah, verse 39 and let's uh, continue on. We've only got four verses left and maybe they'll be just as action-packed as the last 38. So 34, uh, 39 says, Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hands. So he ran. And went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized, and where he abode. And many resorted unto him, and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. And many believed on him there. Okay, now, so a bunch of people um, resorted to him, you know, come up to him, and they all said, John did no miracles, so they're not... They willingly don't give no credit to John. He does no miracles. He's just a preacher or a prof, prophet. Yeah, he's a prophet. But he said they're saying all things that John spoke of Jesus is true. And many believed on Jesus there. That's a good way to end it. This whole verse, nothing was really a miracle, so to speak, but... A big, big uh, parable and preaching from Jesus to these people who still 
want to fight Baker about his existence. So, with that being said, which side are you on? And I think that's what I'm going to call this this episode. Which side are you on? Because we all need to make that choice. And honestly, I've got a little parable for you myself. Um, of course, this is this is about a man who really doesn't know um, Christianity because he's a Native American, like an old style Native American. But even them, they kind of had this right or wrong sense. Obviously, you know everybody's got a right or wrong sense, and you're taught it, or you should be. And he basically said, inside you are two wolves. The one that survives is the one you feed. So, you know, just that parable that I'm giving you, are you feeding yourself or are you feeding your spirit? The flesh is of the devil, the spirit is of the Lord. The spirit longs for connection to Christ. It longs for the Creator. The flesh, due to Adam and Eve's sinful ways, is cursed and is of the devil. So just remember that today. In the rest of your week or life, you know, it's just something to think about. What are you feeding? Is it a desire of you? Or the desire of God. And the only way you're going to know the desires of God is to read the Bible. Don't take my little 38, 39, 40 minute podcast the only time that you open this book this week. Open it up. You know, they've got apps on your phone now with Bible plans. I encourage you to use the King James Version. I know it's a little hard to read, but that's why you need to ask God to help you read it. But the reason is, is there's some things that are left out or changed so much in other versions. And I'm not going to mention names because I don't want to, I don't want to say I'm judging anybody for reading that in that version. But there's, do your research. There's a lot of stuff that's left out of certain versions that just because they're easier to read, they're also misleading. Um, like, there's one that a whole verse is left out. And it's about the crucifixion. It's either the crucifixion or the resurrection. And it's it's completely left out. And it's just like, why would you leave that out? Like, who are you offending? You know? I heard a preacher say once, he said, why are you so worried about offending sinners? You can't send them to hell number two. They're already going. Teach them the truth. So maybe they can be set free. So, that's enough for today. Um, let's bow our heads in prayer once again uh, for the ending to close out this seminar, I guess you could say. Father, I come before you once again after we've read this passage that you were trying to teach these Jews so much. But they still believed you not. And I know, I know there are so many people out there today, Lord, that still, no matter how much the evidence is right before them, 
they still don't believe. So, I, so Lord, I thank you for the teachings that you give to us each and every day that many of us don't see. But I pray for the ones that don't see that they turn to you. And, Father, for the listeners that have been on this podcast this week, this episode, they, you know, they listen, they're very dedicated. I pray that you watch over them for the next week. And I pray that you open their hearts to where they read the Bible, read your word. And I, and I pray that they allow you to come in and teach them what it means. Because you are the Almighty, you are the Creator. You are the one that knows what it means 100%. So I pray that you they, that they just come to you and ask for knowledge. And they open their Bible. Or they open their phone with that with the app that, the, that they have today. And they read your word. That is the most important thing. They, they open their self to you. Because you are the good shepherd. But you won't. You are the perfect gentleman as well. And you won't come in until they invite you in. So Father, I thank you and I ask all these things. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you all for listening. Share this with your family and friends. Somebody that may be out there that you don't know if they are headed in the right direction. Share this with them. You know, I'm staying as true to context as I know how. And as as true to context as God will let me. Or or God wants me to be, I should say. Uh, So, truth will set you free. Share this with them. Uh, Hope you liked it. Hope you hope you were blessed by it. Um, hope you gained some knowledge. So, like I said in the beginning, I hope you all had a good Christmas. Um, here to stay now, and I am going to make sure that we have an episode every week from here on. And I may even start some Wednesday night episodes. I'll I'll give you a heads up before I start doing that. But it'll be on a totally different subject. Uh, it won't be in the Book of John. It may be in Exodus, maybe in Acts. You know, lots of good books in the Bible. Lots of, every book's action-packed. Even the Song of Solomon, which is like two chapters. Even if it's even two chapters, I know it's like one page. So, all right. So, God bless y'all. I love y'all. See you next week.